0: Hi, I'm Helen Ullett. I'm Director of Training and Skills at Beezer. Welcome to the Beezer podcast. We're here today to talk to some future leaders. Think about education, schools. How did you get here? We have a huge skills gap. We really need to understand this. Let's start with some introductions.
1: My name is Martin Fai. I'm the Head of Sustainability for Mitsubishi Electric, UK and Ireland. Hi, uh, my name is Ibrahim
2: Kadir. Uh, work for Vital Energy now for two years. I'm going on to my level
3: six degree apprenticeship in building services engineering. Hi, I'm Stephen Inson, I'm mechanical engineer for Sim.
0: So we're here today to talk about um, future leaders, the le- next generation. Um, why why you've decided to come into this, and what you think we need to do to make sure we achieve our net zero targets, and how can we make sure that we've, we we close that skills gap that we uh, always talk about within the industry so I think probably a good idea if we start off with um, some very well, I would consider simple questions but they're probably lengthy answers um, so Stephen from a, um, a school's perspective how did you know about building services? What, what made you know about this, this industry and, and make you think about coming into it?
3: So I didn't actually know about this at school it was more um when I was applying to university um so I came in a different route than a lot of people come in through apprenticeships but for me it was when I was looking at university courses um and I seen it and it kind of stood out from the rest for me so I was looking at a few different ones motorsport mechanical. I knew it was something engineering I was going to do um and then I seen building services and how kind of applied it is compared to a lot of other say mechanical engineering this one's more physical you you kind of can go and see it you know you're more involved you kind of you know what a boiler is you know and that kind of drew me to it where I could actually um kind of understand a lot more what you know I'm doing if I'm designing a ship you don't necessarily get to you you know involve this you kind of you live in buildings so you're kind of around it so that's what kind of drew me into it.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about you?
3: So I had the
2: uh, my uncle actually is a lecturer in a university and it was very early on, uh, he mentioned it to me. And so I kind of looked into it and I thought, you know, it's it's living in it. For me, it was an opportunity for change, something so big, something that we live day in, day out. It's an opportunity to kind of make a difference in everyone's lives and moments where, you know, you may not even realise. So
0: yeah. And is that how your uncle sold it to you?
2: No. It was like... There's a new course. We need more people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 privileged to kind of be in this position. And then in terms of the apprenticeship, I I, I it was like over a summer. So I started in, in sixth form, um, completed the first year twelve, and wasn't so sure if I wanted to carry on and, and complete. So it was like I think it was over two weeks. I found the apprenticeship on the government website, applied i didn't i didn't really like tell my parents or nothing got the the interview Oh, i was like oh by the way um i'm because i live in liverpool so the interviews in in blackburn are 50 miles away and then oh by the way i've got a i've got an interview in blackburn and like huh (laughs) especially like year 13 next and stuff like that um but yeah i think i just had to step into it out my comfort zone and Kind of convince them, and and to be fair, now they, they couldn't be happier. So I'm I'm glad I kind of made that move.
1: Yeah, I'm brilliant. I'm a, struck by a theme of what you both said there about you. You said Stephen about that. There's been it was about you know wanting to being in engineering field, but not necessarily having it drilled into exactly what that field was, but about buildings, the built environment just being that thing that we all experience and we all are part of and uh you said that as well you know about making a difference the future in that so that there was two that really quite striking you know as to you know i i can make a difference within this within this field because i mean it's not just people that have been around in this industry a long time i'm one of them um The buildings that you will be working on refurbishing, the refurbishment challenges is huge for us as an industry. The stat is often, sorry, Stephen, the stat is often mentioned that 80% of the buildings we'll be living and working in in 2050, when we need to be operating in a net zero way, are already here. So, what are we going to do about that? Sorry. I
3: was going to say, I think it's quite interesting when you think of buildings because there's a lot. A lot of design mm. thought and all the different processes that go into constructing something but then people don't necessarily understand the why's um you know they don't understand you know for example like ducks and say what they for what they do, and what's this ventilation system you know people switch things off even facility management doesn't necessarily always say understand the way so if you have that level you go know, so when you come into it, it's quite interesting you open a lot of people's eyes that when you know, I went and visited one of my friends' apartments and he's got a ventilation system but he didn't even know what it was doing or what the point of the purge, what so you go in and you go, This does this, but it seems to be a general rule that people don't not that there's their own it's not their fault or anything, but no one kind of explains anything. So there's quite a like a it's like a deep a dark secret, a dark art, all of this
1: that kind of you know is kept away. Um but is that something that do you want to sort of bring in bring Uh, a spotlight onto actually now you know and say that I I think it'd be better we better interact with these services that we all need I think it'd be it's quite um an interesting point really
3: you know upskilling people in general how to actually operate buildings and operate them efficiently um you know there's always like I know for example your boiler there's this this overall question about getting the boiler into condensating mode um you know a lot of not a lot of people know that you know the return needs to be below a certain temperature and the money it can save them so you go There's a lot of different tweaks and the value of insulation. People know insulation, but they don't, you know, if you go and you're gonna do your own loft insulation, you go, well, how how thick do I make it? You know, do I buy? So there's loads of kind of like Mm -hmm. knowledge and information that can be quite powerful to to the general public.
2: I think that's a key point to be honest, you know, the fact that so many people maybe don't have that knowledge and simple information, so some little changes all compound on a mass scale. So many people end up applying it. that's where you see the change. It starts with yourselves. So it starts with the small that you can apply and you can do. Then you see the difference later on. I
0: guess. So it's, that's very interesting. Actually, we we did a re, um, a report. We got catapult energy systems catapult to do a report for us um, last year. Um, and the, one of the findings that came out to try and, it was trying to look at how the skills. How can we make sure we've got the skills for net zero? Um, and one of the things that they looked at was the whole life cycle of a building. And the fact that actually there's no real skill set understanding and that's one of the things we need to fix. So exactly what you were saying, Stephen, the ability to be able to understand from the client procuring all the way through to the actual occupier, knowing from the very beginning what was intended and how to utilize that building once they've done it. And actually then through retrofit, when something then a building purpose then changes, you know, how do the occupiers then make sure that they, when it's handed back to them, and often the client isn't the person that occupies the building. So probably ninety odd percent of the time, that's not the case. You know, even even when you buy a house, you, you didn't design it in the first place. So I think that's really one of the fundamental things that we need to to change, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, heat. You know, we all know it. Your heating, heating, in the UK, from a UK perspective, is a huge consumer of energy. Every, you know, everybody who knows this that's why we need to transition away from um, our, our dependence on fossil fuels to other technologies the heat pumps being prime in that i would say that one i worked for the heat pump manufacturer but they are a key technology in in the transition but it's interesting what you say about you know condensing boilers not condensing we all know that there's a lot of those many millions of those that are in that are not condensing but why would you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones of the Avenue have any sense of what that means for them. They've not been taught it at school, they're not been taught it at home. The, the, when the system was installed, you know, you know how to turn it on, set the timer maybe, and then you and then you leave. The engineer leaves, don't they?
3: I think it's an interesting point there that if it was worked into um so say for example, physics at GCSE level and examples and questions were applied directly to new technologies Mm. you know where you have them them questions a plane flies along or you know you you put it in that way so all of a sudden people start to understand um you know when it was brought into i remember we had um the phse um classes on thursday you know and they'd teach about certain things but if they could bring in these kind of like applied you know understanding technologies and everyone's going to be exposed to these um and if necessarily if your parents don't know then how would you know so you know and if they've not been taught it so you basically bring everyone up to the same level they understand the need for say good air quality you know humidity you know dry and clothes inside all the issues that kind of come along um you know you can open a window but what do these things actually mean in real term and then not not picking on air quality as a topic but you know mold growth and you know you bring it on to then heat pumps you know the future you know talking about there's i know there's a massive misconception where radiators are cold people don't think they're working but you know it doesn't necessarily mean they're not working they don't have to be 80 degrees to be pumping heat out um so you know you, you teach people all these things and show them you know and touch on the elements and they might not take it all away but they'll actually have a better understanding of you know heating systems and you know the benefits
1: and but overall the, the building envelope yeah, i think i might quote you on that so we'll put that on our units again right they are working just because they're not at eighty degrees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a key point. Yeah, uh, uh, we we learned very early on in 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 the in the journey of a, of uh, applying uh, heat pump technology domestically. We're talking about now commercially heat pump technology has been a dominant uh, thing, you know, delivering cooling as well for many many years. Actually you know. but domestically, you know, we've got a challenge now of of shifting away from burning stuff. Uh, uh, to the heating uh, in a different way, and a, and a heat pump is it is going to be one of the mass deployed suitable solutions in that in that transition. But you'll get the best out of it if you leave it on. So there's there's a there's a, a a key user difference, and we learned 15 years ago when we brought the first product into the country that we need to work with the end users, the people who are going to be living with it, literally living with this product to say this is how you get the best out of it, you know. And that wasn't an immediate plan of ours is is to talk to the ultimate user of the product. We hadn't done it before. But we'd learned very quickly that actually f- they're, they're key. They're key to this transition. They can't be done too. You've got to do it with with people. <laughs> so it's just picking up on your opponent or you've sent an it.
0: So in, in terms of schools' engagement then... Um- we're just about to look at a campaign because our, mem- our members, visa members and contractors are all always saying, you know, we, we need to go into schools and to go into schools, we need to do it. And we need to do things in a consistent way to actually really amplify the conversation. Um, and I think you're right, Stephen, it, it would be interesting to get it actually get some of the examples into curriculum because teachers can't teach every or have examples of every career across every industry for For everyone to have the opportunity to think about it. Um, What other things do you think might be useful from a school's engagement perspective, Ibrahim?
2: Um, I think, especially more recently, stuff like more STEM stuff. I know they had it when I was in school as well, um, which also influenced my own decisions, you know, understanding, okay, what are they, well, what is that industry understanding, kind of, even in general, maybe not like you said every single because there's so many jobs and there'll be jobs in 10 years even in five years time that don't exist today Absolutely. so it's about i think understanding the change what what skills need to kind of be adopted in order to kind of accommodate for that change um but knowing that they the industries exist you know the, the, even as like a name drop, or as you know engineers i mean there's a skill shortage of, as, as we've kind of mentioned already if that's something that needs to be done you know what what kind of courses or what kind of uh, even summer schools, you know, I, I know in Liverpool we they've recently started one, well, not too long ago, Place Academy, um, and it's 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 so simple. It's like a summer school every couple of weeks. You have a, you know a, a little session. They come and collaborate with uh, architects and, and manufacturers, and they you know you get a bit more of an understanding. But it's about I think having that gateway, having that link between those organisations with the schools, and saying, okay, as a child, are you interested? Is this something you'd explore? This is the next step. Mm. Having that next step uh, is important as far as maybe, you know, okay, this is an industry and then nothing after that is hard, especially if you don't know anyone. You know, I had the privilege to know someone and it, as someone maybe, a lot of my friends who did it, you know, you did want to go into engineering. Most time you go through any, you know, university or whatever it may be and knowing people helps. And I think,
1: yeah. Interesting what you said there, I which is, you know awareness i wrote it down awareness that the industry even exists you know that it's a fundamental point that, that that this is even this is something that you can apply you know if you've got a stem like you say a, a stem sort of mindset and that's what interests you and how do you apply it you know just picking up on your point as well you know just awareness that this is an industry mm-hmm. it employs a lot of people and picking up on your point, Stephen, it's it's vital to our transition to where we need to be in there in the future. That's for sure. Is that similar for you? How would you how would you, you know, explain to s- someone even younger than you that, that that there's this whole world of opportunity out there and I, I kinda think it, it's
3: better to show. Um mm. and I think like mentoring um programs are really beneficial. Um so I took part in one last year where I mentored a student but it's more getting them uh, it's getting the right students um, and getting the ones that you know are looking at that sort of engineering path and getting into the right schools where mm. you've got people who want to go into engineering, but I know when i I went back to my old private uh, not primary school high school and um, they were crying out to get involved with organizations and I suppose it's probably having this kind of government kind of body that's involved, that can kind of bring them all together and people at school puts the round up and goes, look, we want an organization. An organization goes, we need to do more socially. Um, You know, it benefits them in a lot of different ways. And they kind of all go and it's kind of an exchange of where you can bring people together. Colleges, you know, we've got students who are interested in engineering. What fields are there? These organizations willing to take people, um, you know, maybe just for the day, maybe for a week, you know, I mentored um, a student right through his college. So it was kind of linking into him, giving him, you know, exposure to the work and life. Necessarily, he wasn't looking at building services, but it kind of brought that into his kind of forefront. So, for me, it's kind of that connection um, and bringing them, bringing people together to kind of go, look, come and look at this, go on site. You can see this, you can do that, um, and just opening people's eyes. Because um, then, I suppose once you tell them about the industry, it's it's them understanding the depth that it goes to and what it involves complying with building regs, standards, you know, people just think window is a window, but there's a lot more, you know, to a window or to a boiler, to a heat pump, to a pipe that runs in the ceiling, down to the insulation selection. There's just so much depth, and it's kind of trying to give that to them um, in, a, in, a, in a nice way that they can kind of walk away and go, that really interests me, that. Um.
0: Do you, Do you think that if there's, when there's a realization that actually the industry that you're talking about here is construction is is seen as a negative,
3: I think it's not necessarily from my point of view and my experience, it wasn't seen as a negative, it was more seen as um, a hard hat, um, bricks.
1: I think there's you know a misconception, um, how, how in the weather's cold and wet and all that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, or an architect that image as soon as you mention construction that's the thing yeah. big high yeah, yeah high and boots and cold and wet and building sites it- or an, or an architect yeah. carrying drawings from one meeting to another that yeah. was kind of
3: like yeah. the image you have that, that's yeah. all but you know when you actually get into it and you go quantity surveyor like I necessarily didn't know what one of them was before I joined the industry I knew what the word surveyor meant yeah. um, you know you you think roof. you think of all the applied things that you're understanding you know roofer you know, brick plumber, you wouldn't think that there's someone that actually goes away and designs detailed drawings for installers and plumbers to, to install. You don't you wouldn't comprehend it, which it's not in your kind of your um exposure.
0: Did did you get a, a positive reaction to your choice then for, for that reason?
2: Initially no, but I think that was because it wasn't known. And my parents, like you said, they think apprenticeship and in construction history, like bricklaying or something, mm. and and which wasn't as interesting to me. But I think it was about it was once my mum actually kind of spoke to a friend of hers who's a civil a civil engineer and educated. And I think then you kind of open the script. It's not just about educating the younger generation, but maybe the older generations put trust in, in the kind of new methods. More recently, a friend of mine started the uh, T levels. I'm not sure if he's heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it seems like such an interesting idea, and he enjoys it himself. It's it's kind of that hybrid bef- between both education and kind of getting that experience and having the, kind of the, the opportunity to explore. You know, the fact that you know he started and he had the opportunity. He go through engineering, but now he's ended up with surveying because he had he was given the chance to go. Okay, uh, let's go to this company. Let's go experience this. Let's go. So especially at that age. I think a lot of people don't want to commit 100% because you still have no idea what you want to do. Mm. And often it's kind of the main reason why you, a lot of people go to university because they've got no idea what they want to do. And so you kind of either follow your friends or see okay, let me try this out, let me try this out. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, within itself is, is a great initiative and you know something a lot of people can can should consider.
0: There is actually a specific building engineering services to them yeah, I mean, I know there's the generic construction one as well, the environment one, but yeah, there is a specific building services one, which gives you several pathways that you can choose t- to do exactly as you said to try different things and then make your decision on which one you want to do. So, yeah, there. they're um, they're in existence. Um, since since you've come into the, your your careers, um, what would you think? What do you think of the the, the barriers that you've found as as young people entering a, an industry where People are predominantly over 50. How, what are your big barriers that you found? What would you like everyone to say, come on, if you want us here, what mm. are the things you need to do differently? I can see Abraham <laughs> desperate to say
2: something. Um, I, I think maybe from an employee perspective, having like an open mind or open ear. I think one thing that has really, really helped me on my journey is having someone that is winning to answer those questions, and as you can imagine, coming from high school or, or sixth form or whatever it may be, into a professional environment, and it's a bit of a transition. Going, you know, straight, you know, you sitting there with your friends, and now you're with everyone the same age as your dad or your mum. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so it's, I think, creating that kind of culture and, and kind of maybe uh, that ease and and understanding. Okay, maybe they won't know at the start but having a kind of a system where you're not shrugging them off, but you're providing and you understand, okay, what, what is it that these people need?
0: Statement?
3: I think from my perspective, it's, um, there's a lot of, with obviously the age gap within the industry, it's a lot of, we've always done it this way. Um, you know, people have this locked in way of thinking, um, I've done it this way for 30 years, but the way everything is changing and the pace everything's moving. There's lots of new ways. Um there's lots of new information. You know, information's never been more readily available. Um standards are constantly now moving quite fast. Um so it's that I suppose adoption to change and it's the people who are willing to change. Um, you know, you want to be with people that are, you know, thinking forward thinking people and that's a big criteria for me personally, you know, people that kind of, you all bring something to the table and, you know, you really have my attention when you say something that is really out of the box and it draws me and that's more, what, what, you know, um, keeps me quite quite focused. So I think it, it's that changing of attitudes and that's really what I think is quite a big problem, um, especially when that links into sustainability and, you know, people and.
1: I think there's a cost element to it all but it's that people are locked into their old way of thinking that's interesting because that's a challenge it's great to hear because that's a challenge to us you know as to hearing this you know as to uh, you know what's firing up you know that, that that's stuck with me that, that even letting people know the industry exists because I think I mean did you did you both set out I think you all may have already answered this that to be in building services industry, you didn't necessarily, did you? I, I certainly didn't. I, I, I had an interest in engineering. I wanted to go an apprentice route. I, I went. I got a job as an apprentice refrigeration engineer. I actually, was in a in in what was at the time the biggest um, abattoir in existence. But great place to learn refrigeration. We needed a lot, a lot of it. You know, and I remember in the interview being walked around a plant room and thinking, well, "What have I done here?" Because I have no idea what idea this kit is. But yeah, it, it was yeah that just that interest of engineering, and I ended up going that way. And I was about to here I am, thirty five, thirty seven years later, still in that industry, I suppose. Um But yeah, so you didn't you didn't set out to be building services engineers. You know, you just wanted to be or oh, you've 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 already explained you found this as you as part of your journey I think it's
2: it's always interesting I think one of the best things or one of the most interesting things I've found and a very short period of the of the two years I've been in industry yeah. is, is having those conversations with people mm. older than me or my level or so many different backgrounds and when you have that conversation and they tell you okay I came from this and now I'm here mm-hmm. and you're like like there's so many different routes. You, know? uh, you you just kind of follow your passion, see what you love, and you know you, you never and you never know where you end up. To, you know, two years ago, in it, two years, six months time. You know, like I said, you know, I started Liverpool, and I, I didn't even I didn't even imagine a world outside of it. And now, you know, six months after that, I was I was in Cardiff. You know, it was I best you ever sat in a room with some people talking it, about yeah. it. In yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. it's it's amazing. I think that's one of the kind of one
3: of the best bits about what I do. I think it's, yeah, that's fantastic, yeah. I would like just to add though, I think there's there's a role that the government kind of play in things where when teachers um there's a shortage, they make a big noise. Um when nurses or doctors or certain industries have a lack of people, but they don't make a noise, especially in this industry where, you know, the percentage is top heavy and that's gonna, you know, eventually it's gonna disappear. So you turn around there's gonna be a massive it puts me and um Abraham in a good good position. But um you know they should be advertising and putting there should be a like a say a website that just so shows where the gaps are because I know if I was leaving school and there was a massive shortage in one market, you're gonna be drawn to that market. You know, if you know there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. there. Um it's so simple, you know, they have all the obvious mm-hmm. national statistics must have all this data um and they can see where trends and even bringing ai into it can go look there's a shortage there or you know you can just go oh i'll go into that field you know i know they always talk about doing what you you want want to do and you'll never work a day in your life and all this but you have bad days and good days so to me it didn't always stack up that you know some days you're never going to want to go to work but if you could go there's a massive shortage here it's in your interest to go into there instead of then competing with you know it just makes life quite a bit easier for younger people to make decisions
0: i, th- I think i think you're absolutely right i think we've we've got a couple of challenges uh, fundamental challenges in terms of that uh, obviously as Biza as the association represents us um the the industry are very very well aware of and and it's a lot of my role is is talking about this or dealing with it or lobbying and having conversations about this um we have an ageing population, not just an ageing issue around our particular part of the workforce. Our workforce is reflected across all industries, unfortunately. So we're actually top heavy as a, as a whole country. Um, so as a result of that, we're fishing in the same pond that everybody else is fishing in. And it's smaller and it's decreasing. Um, so th- that's a big issue in the first place. 2022, 728,000 kids left school goal to go somewhere and when they left 310,000 of those went to higher education and then when you start to get the numbers down and down and down in terms of 100,000 HGV vacancies 100,000 nursing vacancies okay. we're fishing for the same people constantly um, that means that f- I think that f- for us as, as an industry we are we, right we are a priority occupation because there's this thing called climate change and and that is our way to sell it is to say look you need to make us a priority occupation in lots of for lots of different things and like you talk about doctors and nurses and yes we have a huge issue with those as well we need to be saying the same thing because you're not going to meet your targets unless you do something about helping us to attract people into this industry so please help us. That's absolutely, I think, one of the things that we need to do. But as an industry, I think the other thing we need to do is be open, more open to a diverse workforce. And we need to attract people from other industries to come into us. And actually, because there's that phrase, I think I've used it quite a lot, Is and I think you mentioned it earlier. If you don't put your ideas on the table, we need your ideas as as young people and from different backgrounds and from different areas in the country and different regions and all the rest of it, because we need diversity of thought, and that diversity of thought is going to enable us to deliver net zero. And if we don't have that diversity of thought, we're going to keep doing, as you said, the same old thing again and again and again. So it's so important that we do want that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very one of my, as you can just tell, one of my soapboxes boxes that particularly. Yeah, let's
1: do so. it yeah, <laughs> you put so much work into that area, Um yeah, I'm I'm speaking later today at the at the conference about um you know more at the contractor end of things, but um and about the importance of that as a sector on this on this net zero journey. Cause it all rolls, it sort of rolls downhill, doesn't it? You know, I don't mean that disparagingly at all, but you you mentioned the architects, the engineers. Ultimately, somebody's got to lay hands on pieces of equipment, put it in correctly, put it in the right place, commission it, vitally important, will be talked about commissioning over the years, so that it's set off on its life in the very best way that it possibly can, maintained properly. Of course, what's something that's come on, certainly in my uh, years in the industry, is more of an awareness of the whole life cycle of something now. Mm. Um, from the materials the embodied carbon and everything that's actually in that physical thing all the way through its life to the end of life and how do you pull those materials back that's been one of the biggest shifts for me I think that was never taught to us never spoke about when I was in college was any any sense of that that wasn't what we were talking about it was about the raw skills of applying these boxes boxes for jobs if you like mm. Um So that's good. We're in a far better place now. Whereby, I think, and one of my questions for you both is: Is sustainability part of just the the courses, your experience of the learning that you're going through? Is it just part of that?
2: Yeah, I think in in every aspect of your life now, and engineering and outside of it, it's it's something we all have to consider. Like I said, you know, it's always the small things, and especially now in in construction, when you're doing projects on such a scale. You know, even selecting the right things or planning appropriately um, down to that detail, it plays such a, a huge role.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'd agree completely. I think sustainability is at the forefront now, um, especially the way the building rights are changing things. But I think the great thing with sustainability, although it's great for the planet and all that good stuff, it's more the challenge it brings to engineers, it's like a new problem. Um, there's new technologies, it's getting people thinking, it kind of brings a whole new set of challenges to your day job so it's not the same old boiler in now, you know, it's moving away from that heat pumps and everyone's then on this buzz and how they operate and different temperatures and different refrigerants, you know, yep. every day is, it's a school day um, because no one was using these technologies say, 10, 15 years at the scale we're using them now, um, so it, it doesn't half bring in a very interesting dynamic to work um, that you necessarily wouldn't have had Or would you all look forward to in the future mm.
1: me personally yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's interesting because as I say if I reflect a little bit more you know I started my apprenticeship in nine eighty five, refrigeration apprentice lot big refrigeration systems and air conditioning systems in a sort of industrial context I suppose you know it's in the meat industry as it was Uh, refrigerants has got mentioned uh, mentioned a couple of times already you know the refrigerants we were using then um, bear no resemblance to where where we are now Um, so what I'm looking forward to um, in the industry is a really good question you know certain question because I'd like to think I haven't stop learning um, as a 54 year old in this industry I certainly didn't set out to be uh, spending my full time on, uh, on the sustainability side of things um, I've sort of two branches now I'm working with a great team motivated people I'm lucky to work with a business who's committed to this to understand how they can operate into the future in a lower carbon way so that's a challenge, uh, and I think what what most fires me up now is this sort of thing. Really, is 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 I, I call it like a sphere of influence. Everybody's got a sphere of influence, whether you're an individual or or, or an individual working in a in a company of whatever size that is. Is how can we use that network properly and uh, and engage and collaborate um, to? rise to the challenges that i already mentioned we know what the challenge is now we're a generation that's worked we cleverer people and i have worked out what the problem is and humans are a big part of this problem um now we need to go away and do something with that knowledge and how are we going to engineer the future that's uh, um, and live and work and operate in a in a better way so that's yeah i i, I feel very fortunate to be in a position now of, that many years down the line to have some in small way uh, um saying how we change things in the future. But yeah, it's a great question because it's, yeah, you know, there is a, we are definitely in the generations here. But we don't you know, I find that when I'm talking to the likes of, of you two. but the things that you're saying are in inspirational stuff, you know, it's, uh, you know, remain challenged and interesting and uh, interested in, how we can do things differently and better. More importantly, I'll pass around the table. What are your When <laughs> the say, a question to you? What are you uh...
0: Um For me, I, I think that the um, if if we could see um, an empowered and diverse workforce that feels that it can really set, you know crack on with this challenge, then I think we've got a really good hope mm. of getting where we need to be. Um, and I think that's that's what we need to do is almost get out of the way to a certain extent to allow you guys to be able to do the right things and have that chance, as Stephen was saying, to think differently and think about, you know, how can we use technology differently in this particular is situation rather than doing the same old, same old. Yeah. Be
1: open to listen and to what the yeah. nice yes, ideas. ideas.
0: And, and truly have that seat at the table and truly actually tell us how we should be doing yeah. it sometimes so in terms of the everyday activities that you have to do is net zero and sustainability something that is at the forefront of what you're required is it embedded is it just there is it just part of it or is it oh we need to think about that that you're having to do um steven
3: well i think sustainability itself is quite a broad topping if that makes sense um you know you have different you've got carbon air quality you've got all the different like communities and that come in i think it is for myself and the role i undertake there's a lot of um kind of not wanting to waste energy you know can we do this differently can we do this you know at the end of the day we could be liable if we are creating systems that are inefficient and 10 years down the line someone works that out you know they can, co- they can come after um so it is at the forefront um i think there's a lot of drivers from clients now, um, even buildings, you know, certain criterias and schemes such as Briam, you know, where you you're working towards and there's a lot of people, you know, clients are noticing metering is a big thing now. They want to meter exactly how much energy they're using. Um, obviously it's their cost and the way energy prices have gone has kind of pushed everyone to start looking, you know, how do we reduce the actual consumption, not, you know, we don't want to pay these bills, you know, try and try and reverse engineering it. So it is at the, the forefront, um, really. When I think about it, but I don't. It's there's obviously a cost element to it. You know, being realistic. You know, people don't want to don't want to pay. Um, you know, it's all it's like a race to the bottom now. So, it is there, but it needs to be there in a, a clever way. Um, if that makes sense. Ben I think for me, um,
2: obviously, yeah, everyone already understands how important sustainability is and. Um, for my, in my role now as an apprentice, it's, uh, it's about understanding the systems, understanding, okay, this is, this is how it works in the hopes that in the future, I can be the person that makes it better, or I will be the person I'll be applying at the end of the day. Um, and so it's it's kind of really emphasized to me and, and many others like me to kind of understand and understand how they work in order to innovate. Um, and yeah.
0: Can, can I just pick up on something you said there, Stephen? So you you talk about um, sometimes it, it, there's there's a decision to be made. So you're saying that actually there's still if if it's if it's actually you know something that is right from a, a you know a net zero perspective that but actually cost overrides that sometimes does that happen or
3: um, I think it, it it's a difficult one because you look at if what you have to necessarily um, everyone wants. The best type of thing, but everyone wants to pay for for that sort of thing. So there's a, there's, a, there's a moral moral dilemma as such, but it kind of sometimes comes down to you know if they if people are X Y and Z, then they can only use X Y and Z. Um, I'm not explaining this the best to be honest, but it's more a you know if if there isn't the the funds available, people you know with the best will in the world can't can't achieve that. But I think people do want to move towards net zero, but sometimes there can be angle probably not explaining that the best. We actually might have to edit this a bit for um if that makes sense.
0: To so, to so, although the the, the the um the will is there but not necessarily the, the wherewithal to meet it for some reason. Yeah we, we,
1: a phrase that I'm um, the fond of that colleague of mine coined but uh, I stole it off it. Uh is you know net zero is a destination without a map. So when you say you were a bit more about uh, yeah well we just know we've all got to do this we know and then there's you know the slightly more um uh, <laughs> maybe realistic view of well yeah actually somebody's got to pay for it and and somebody's got to, you're going to need a motivated client or or whatever you know we all know the truth of the matter is somewhere between the two so we know we know Net zero is the ultimate goal. We need to be able to um, absorb the same amount of emissions safely that we're emitting by mid-century, absolute latest, 2050. So earlier, if, if at all possible. That applies to me as an individual, to me as a, and, and the business I work for and all of our businesses and the hotel that we're sitting in today here. So yeah, it is known, but the practicalities of it are you can go in so many different ways to achieve that goal. I mean, we're, we we we're, we've faced with the government at the moment that, as you know, I describe it as kicking the can down the road a little bit. They're saying, "No, oh, no, we're still going to achieve net zero. We still know what the goal is, the destination," but they've you know maybe put a little roadblock in the, in one of those roads that, that we're we're going down there. So you know, they kick can down the road. So. Yeah, a destination without a map. What what we need to do is this collaborative approach. The new ideas that you were talking about, Helen, and the, what the guys have, have brought to the table here, and be, have a willingness to be open and and say, look, we've got to work together for this and to achieve these uh, to achieve these goals, most definitely. So yeah, I'm quite a, quite heartened that the, the the answers from you both there are. Yeah, it's just it's there, and we've just got to do it now. Not not from a not from a oh we've, we've shrug of the shoulders we're going to have to do it no we're going to have to do it you know motivated to want to do something but a realization that there's lots of ways that we can do this sort of thing and let's collaborate and and rise to the challenge.
0: So one final question: um, net zero targets. We are, I think, forty percent of the problem. I think roughly okay, in terms of emissions. So therefore, so from my perspective, that turn that around, let's flip it and be positive, we're 40% of the solution. Yeah. So if we're 40% of the solution, what would you say is the one thing that us as an industry need to do to achieve that 40% difference? Go on. Who's going to answer
3: that one first? I have put the questions on the spot, don't you? (laughs) The mind's firing and you're thinking... Um,
0: if there was one thing you were allowed to do
1: I'll go first, yeah for me, um stop burning stuff stop you know um uh, disconnect from that uh, from that um you know forty fifty year um culture of of you know this is the way that you do things, you know, we bring a pipe into the building, we burn this, that generates the the, the heating that we need for a comfortable profitable pleasant place to be we've got to break that break that connection committing climate change are very clear on that if something could be electrified then electrify it you know and they're focusing on buildings because they know it's the 40 percent that you talked about so therefore it's the 40 percent opportunity and they also know the big the other big slice of the pie is surface transport so they know that as well so electrify that electrify your heating your space heating and do all all of that and you control and then there'll there'll still be the more difficult things the harder to abate sectors that are in there the the cements the steels and that sort of thing but we've got the technologies today to apply at the pace needed to make that to make that change so pull that lever stop burning stuff and let's get on with it So if I had
3: to to answer the question, I think it would be, to wave my magic wand, um, would be temperatures are rising um, and there's going to be a problem with overheating buildings. So it would be that there was money and kind of a product was developed like a um, a phase change sort of material for houses that could absorb heat in the day and dispense at night. And that would take a massive energy kind of load off the grid. I think you know cooling. People might start you know if global temperatures are rising, and all of a sudden people aren't used to sleeping, for example, through heat of an evening. Uh, this is just thinking outside the box. Um, people then all of a sudden will start introducing cooling. It'll become a quite popular thing in the UK. It's not like we're a warm climate where we're just used to sleeping through warm nights. People will then they'll start look. So this new energy demand comes, and you go if there was just a material that would kind of this is future thinking that could just absorb heat and it could be used in different ways you know it's an insulating factor that if i had a magic wand i'd say something along them lines um would be my answer good. i think the first thing that comes to mind
2: is in terms of education and so a lot of people think you know that education starts young carries on young you get to graduate and then it stops and a lot a lot of people think that and create a culture within companies where okay you kind of learn on the job and it just stops there so whether we can Implement certain systems, or even an opportunity for whether that be graduates or intermediates, or even later on to, to check those new technologies and see okay, how do they really work? Because from my from my understanding, sometimes it's it's the hesitance to kind of try something new, and like Stephen was, Stephen was saying, sometimes it's it's costs as well. So whether you're willing to take that risk and whether it ends up working is is a different story. But having a kind of Having a system where you have the, the kind of flexibility to go co- and explore and see and understand, okay, these are, this is the the climate in the UK. This is this is where we're heading to. Are we, are we kind of competent enough to train the next generation in the first place, in order to, for them to be ready? Yeah, I think it's it's something, you know, I would suggest.
0: Fabulous answer. Right. Lifelong learning is one of my big things, yeah. and I think particularly. Actually, it leads into the Building Safety Act and why the Building Safety Act and Net Zero are fundamentally intertwined. Because the Building Safety Act is going to ask for people to be competent at all points within their, within their career. And that means CPD, that means reskilling, that means upskilling, that means use of new technologies whenever they're developed, getting to, to know how to, to implement them, all of that stuff. So I think that's a really good answer. So, as future leaders at what do you think that's going to enable you to do for your career and what would it mean to you?
3: I think what it means to me is um, it gives you a, a platform to advertise the industry uh, first and foremost. That uh, You can then advertise what you're doing and kind of, you know, it kind of shows other people, you know, there's an industry here, there's a visa conference. I know there's a big thing within the group about sharing posts and the outreach we can get from that. Um, you know, we're outreaching to a different audience than the main say visa page um so it starts to then you know link into obviously we have siblings you know different people that then all of a sudden it links in um so i think it's advertising it i think there's a lot of development for ourselves and being around um people you know the conference itself is a great example where all of a sudden you've got some interesting speakers you know all of a sudden this group is enabled and drew drew us in and how do we share that then back out and Bring more people together so um, I think it's more about engaging with people and um, you know drawing more people to the organization and the more people we have the more minds the more diversity all that good stuff you know everyone then benefits. I think also you know in
2: addition to the idea that at the end of the day you're looking for a younger audience you want to bring more people into the industry you might as well have the young people asking the young people to come in Um but also with future leaders it's understand okay you bring a lot of people that are passionate about what they do or what they want to do or what they see themselves doing and then it's about surrounding them or giving them resources in order to fulfill those goals and say okay this is what you want to achieve we can make that happen and it's creating like we said before you know that that bridge between the the people with so much more experience and so many you know kind of networks and and kind of resources to them and how they can hand that down to the next people that's going to take or, or, you know, take that responsibility after that?
0: Well, I think um, for me, this has actually filled me with real hope that um, we've got people that actually are interested in solving the big problem that we have um, and in the right way as well. And I think it's our responsibility, certainly of mine and I's generation, and our roles is, is to make sure that you actually are then given the platform as you've mentioned Stephen and actually enable you and empower you to be able to um to deliver on on this and, and engage more people and get more people into skills so yeah thank you very much for for helping make me have um opportunity and optimism for the future
1: it's a pleasure yeah. being here thank you thank you a, 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 a privilege yeah, yeah. and uh, I can't add any more to what you've all said so it's been yeah inspiring talking with you all and uh, best of luck for the future and let's go out and make a difference together i suppose let's yeah. get this done thank you thanks so much it's a pleasure being here.